0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Do Yu. Coming up in this edition, eight South American countries have signed a declaration to fight deforestation and protect the Amazon rainforest. Nigeria says the country and the West African Regional Bloc ECOWAS prefer a diplomatic and peaceful solution to the situation in Niger. And China has allocated more than $100 million for agriculture disaster relief support in the aftermath of devastating flooding. Starting in South America, eight South American countries have agreed to create an alliance to combat deforestation and protect the Amazon rainforest. The Belém Declaration came out of the two-day Amazon summit held in Brazil to find ways to restore and protect the rainforest. The summit in the Brazilian city Belém has also called on developed countries to offer new aid on tackling climate change. Paulo Cabral has more.
1: Representatives of eight countries from the Amazon region gathered here in the city of Belém discussing important issues for this rainforest. Out of the eight countries, five of them have their highest authorities, heads of state or of government in this convention. That includes the host, President of Brazil, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, and also the presidents of Colombia, Bolivia, and Peru, and also uh, the Prime Minister of Guyana. Other three countries did not send their highest authorities but did send high officials those were Suriname Venezuela and Ecuador President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva made the opening remarks of this gathering stressing how important it is for the Amazon countries to remain together and keep in touch It's been 14 years that we do not have a summit, and it's the first time we are doing this here in the state of Pará. And this is happening at a moment of severe worsening of the climate crisis. It has never been so urgent for us to expand our cooperation. It's the challenge of our times, and the opportunities that are appearing demand joint action besides the discussions between the heads of state, they also had to hear what the civil society uh, had to say, and they were heard in the first uh, session of the summit, they could speak to the heads of state and brought concerns, for example, having to do with the exploration of oil in the Amazon, about the survival of indigenous peoples, and also very importantly about sustainable development in the Amazon. And this is a big issue because these countries still do have serious social and economic issues affecting the populations of the Amazon. So one big question that's been asked here and still without a definite answer, how can these countries improve the economy, the social conditions, create more jobs and better wages for these people without destroying the Amazon.
0: That was Paulo Cabral reporting from Brazil. Moving on to Africa, a Nigerian government spokesperson says the country and the West African regional bloc prefer a diplomatic and peaceful solution to the situation in Niger. The statement comes after the coup leaders rejected ECOWAS threats of military intervention if they don't reinstate ousted President Mohamed Bazoum. Meantime, Nigeria's central bank has slammed new sanctions on neighboring Niger over the recent military coup. The action was taken after the military leaders turned away delegations from ECOWAS, the African Union and the UN. Kolejia McCullum reports.
2: The military takeover in Niger has been met with mixed reactions from various quarters the military has enjoyed widespread support from a sizable number of citizens. This, as it most recently announced a national council with Ali Mamin Lamein Zain as the new prime minister to General Abdurrahman Tiani. Tiani has also got the backing of fellow military leaders in Mali and Burkina Faso, who also came to power by way of coups He also appointed leaders across the country's regions. Niger's Hunter, meanwhile, snubbed all ECOWAs and Nigerian delegations sent to hold talks on reinstating the democratically elected government of ousted President Mohamed Bazoum. Already, the European Union and United States are among countries suspending millions of dollars worth of aid to Niger. Nigeria has cut off Niger's electricity supply. Niger is one of the world's poorest countries. Every year, the nation depends on the West for aid totaling close to $2 billion. ECOWAS has said a military intervention is likely if Bazoom is not reinstated but Nigeria's Senate has refused to back a war. Conversations at Thursday's meeting of ECOWAS are expected to center around a review of the diplomatic efforts in Niger and whether the regional bloc can afford the substantial financial toll such a war at this time could bring.
0: That was Kolech McCallum reporting from Nigeria. Still in Africa, several people have reportedly been killed in fighting in the Amhara region in northern Ethiopia. Fighting between the federal government's army and the Fano militia has been reported in several parts of the region. The government has declared a six-month state of emergency in an effort to restore law and order. Girim Challa reports.
3: Reports suggest heavy fighting between the army and militia men known as Fano is taking place in several parts of the Amhara region many people have been killed although there's no exact death toll that has been made public following the government's declaration of a state of emergency in the region a command post is overseeing operations there.
1: Inciting any form of uprising in the region delivering speech fueling insecurity encouraging and spreading violence in any form in the region is forbidden moreover providing financial information material and moral support directly or indirectly to armed men is prohibited
3: several people have been erased in the region as special military operations continue amid a strict curfew flights and most road transport activities to and from the region have been halted since last week making life difficult for many locals People suspected of connections to the current violence in the Amhara region, those who give missions and those who take part in different forms, are being put under custody. The government will share more information with the public regarding further measures, which will be taken in the future. The Fano militia leaders say the government has been unlawfully interfering in the affairs of the region, which resulted in, quote, the undermining of Amhara's. The government denies such accusations and say the militiamen intend to topple the constitutional order and are criminals. Social media activists and media affiliated with the militia claim the gunmen have taken control of a few cities in the region. Reports suggest the region's capital Bahadur and the historic Gonda city are witnessing intense clashes. Many within the country and from across the world are already making calls for the conflict to be peacefully resolved. Addis Ababa believes it has given ample opportunities for the militia to put down arms and return to finding political solutions for any differences. Others fear this could cause a full-fledged war in the country again.
0: That was Girim Chala reporting from Ethiopia. In Europe, the northern region in France is usually the hottest part of the country, but an ongoing drought is now taking its toll on the agriculture. Water shortages have become a regular occurrence, forcing concerned farmers to look for new ways to keep crops and livestock alive. Ross Cullen reports.
4: Jean-Christophe Ruffin checks the beetroots on his farm. It's one of the crops he grows to feed his livestock. The weather is crucial for farmers, but it's increasingly hard to forecast and dry spells are having a more and more significant impact. Climate change is real and we can see it. Harvest dates are a little earlier in the calendar than when we were young. Compared with 30 years ago, the harvest is now taking place 15 days earlier. Increasingly frequent dry winters are exacerbating the water storage situation in the north, meaning some farmers are having to change their practices. We have to adapt because our working environment, our factory, is all you can see out here. It's nature. So we're adapting a little. We're going to change our tillage practices a little. We're trying to keep the soil moist in case of spring droughts like this year. Diversification is one way to manage. And alongside the beetroot, Jean-Christophe grows wheat, potatoes and maize. In the sheds, his herd is fed on the food he grows on site. These cows produce milk for market, and he also raises chickens for meat. The north is one of the wettest regions in France, but even here they're starting to see the impact of increased winter and summer droughts. This area of France is border country. Belgium is just a couple of kilometres away. It's a heavily populated area with a growing number of houses and widespread industry using huge quantities of water. Agriculture is also a major consumer of water. As more areas of France deal with the impacts of unseasonal dry spells, how to manage water use in the future is a major point of discussion. We must all pay attention to water. I think we also need to harvest rainwater when it falls a lot, when it falls too much. We could collect it in basins to allow it to slowly enter the water table and recharge underground storage. Another impact of climate change is that the regularity of the seasons is changing. It's becoming increasingly hard for farmers like Jean-Christophe to predict rainfall, plus sudden winds can blow in. And France is starting to witness longer, more intense droughts in more and more areas of the country.
0: That was Ross Cullen reporting. Moving on to Asia, clean-up operations are in full force in northeast China in the aftermath of Typhoon Dark China has allocated about 732 million yuan, more than 100 million U.S. dollars, to support agricultural production recovery.
5: Zhang Ran is in Wuchang, Heilongjiang province. Here in Fuyu City, a total of four towns were affected by the flooding. So far, over 23,000 residents have been safely evacuated. And thanks to this in-time response, so far there have been no casualties reported in this area. Actually, all the flood-affected areas here in Jilin Province have already accelerated the recovery works and try to restore the normalcy to people's lives as soon as possible. The city of Shulang, it took a major hit from the massive flooding. And um, the rainstorms there had left 14 people dead and one missing by Sunday. But the good news is the city have already seen a receded water levels there and in major reservoirs and rivers, all the water levels have already receded to within the safe range. And according to the local flood control and disaster relief headquarters, the city of Shulan has already restored communications to 40 villages and reinstated power to over 16,000 households and disinfected more than 1,000. That was Jiangsu ran on the cleanup operations
0: in flood-hit northeast China. And finally, in Pakistan, a caretaker government is set to take over and oversee an election as the five-year term of the country's parliament expires. The country has been in political turmoil since former Prime Minister Imran Khan was ousted from power in April last year. On Tuesday, the country's electoral commission barred Khan from holding public office for a period of five years, ruling him out of the October polls. The announcement came after the country's star cricketer turned popular politician was sentenced to three years in jail over the weekend. Daniel Khan has more.
6: This decision comes uh, following his conviction in uh, the Tosha Khanna case which he is currently appealing in the Islamabad High Court while serving a three year jail term. The Election Commission of Pakistan based its decision on a uh, court order from August the 5th. Uh, This disqualification also strips Imran Khan of his status as a returned candidate from the National Assembly 45 seat. Uh, uh, Khan is uh, facing uh, disqualification amidst over 200 uh, other cases uh, since being removed from office uh, by a vote of no confidence. Uh, Now, Legal experts here say the conviction, unless overturned, could prevent his participation in upcoming elections. His legal team is uh, meanwhile striving for his release on bail well as according to the Constitution of Pakistan the National Assembly faces dissolution upon completing five-year term a democratic mechanism that allows Pakistanis the chance every five years to cast their votes and select a new administration upon dissolution all cabinet uh, cabinet members will lose their positions Prime Minister Shahbaz Sharif is expected to prompt uh, President Arif Alvi to initiate the dissolution process. Next, the Election Commission of Pakistan takes charge, organises general elections within the next 60 days after the Assembly's five-year term concludes or within 90 days if an early dissolution transpires. During the interim period between Assembly dissolution and new elections, an impartial caretaker government assumes power. Uh, They manage routine government tasks ensuring Pakistan's continuous function uh, until a fresh government uh, assumes office."
0: That was Daniel Kahn reporting. Before we go, here's a recap of the top stories. Eight South American countries have signed a declaration to fight deforestation and protect the Amazon rainforest. Nigeria says the country and the West African regional bloc ECOWAS prefer a diplomatic and peaceful solution to the situation in Niger. And China has allocated more than a hundred million dollars for agriculture disaster relief support in the aftermath of devastating flooding. That concludes this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Dou Hongyu. Thank you for listening.